Welcome to the Organized Holistically podcast, where I help you get your business and personal life organized. I'm your host, Dana L'Oreal Morales, and I can't wait to share this episode with you. All right, guys. So today we are talking about how your niche leads to your process, how you can use your niche the people that you serve to help you define the processes in your business. And I am going to use my business as the example here, um, just to give you some ideas and to get, hopefully visualize, help you visualize what it is that I'm talking about. So for those of you who don't uh, know much about me, maybe you oops up on this podcast, I serve solopreneurs, specifically side hustling solopreneurs, but I I do have a number of full-time solopreneurs as well um, in my clientele and my niche. And the reason why I chose this niche specifically is because that is what I am, right? I am a side hustling professional. Um, I work a full-time job and run my business on the side. Now, one of the unique things about me and the way that I run my business is that I do not plan on leaving my full-time job. I enjoy the pay, I enjoy the benefits. And one of the things that that allows for me to do is to pick and choose what I do in my business and how I, not only what I do, but how I do it. Um, and some people specifically full-time solopreneurs or, um, those who have a different mindset, they don't feel like they can do that. So I want to make sure that that is very clear (laughs) before I reveal what my specific processes are in my business. Um, and so that's kind of lesson number one is that you, you want to look at not only what you are bringing to the table, but also what your clients are bringing to the table as you develop your processes. You do not want it to be heavy in one direction or another. Um, but if it is, you definitely want it to be more heavily, um, leaning towards what your clients need versus what you need. But there there definitely has to ha- be a balance there because if you're so focused on your clients, whereas you, your, your needs aren't considered at all, it is not going to be sustainable for you. So just keep that in mind as you're developing these processes. Um, so let's just talk about it. Okay. So the, one of the questions that I get more often than not is how is it that I'm able to do all the things that I do and work a full-time job? And my answer is, first of all, I don't do all the things I have to pick and choose. And I had to learn how to say no with a period behind it right? I don't have to give explanations. I don't have to uh, provide context. I just have to say, this is not for me or for my business or for my clients. And the answer is no, right? And this isn't necessarily saying no to, you know, sometimes the no is to yourself. It's not always to other people, um, but it is important for you to get used to hearing and, and, and understanding that no is okay, right? So that was the first thing that I made the determination on. The second thing is that I needed to understand how my clients thought and what their needs were. And one of the things that made me go into business in the first place is the fact that I was a side hustler and I found it hard to find resources when I needed them. 
So most trainings, online trainings are going to be at lunchtime. Some are going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. I can't do that because I'm working my full-time job. Um, so the, the timing of things is going to be really important. And I had to keep in mind what my clients needed. And so my clients needed things that were in the evenings and that were on the weekends or at lunch. And lunch is fine. But if everything is scheduled at lunch, that doesn't give them much option or choices. And then the other thing is that, you know, my lunch time may not be the same as somebody in a different time zone. So whereas I'm on Central, if my client's on Pacific or if they are on, you know, on Eastern, that may not align properly. So it was important for me to keep that in mind as well. So I wanted to give options. I wanted to make it so that it wasn't that I had to, you know, cheat at work by listening to something or doing something on work time that I shouldn't be doing. So those were some of the um, niche specific things that I was wanting to consider when I developed my business work hours. So I talked at the very beginning about making sure that you are balancing this with what your needs are. And the beauty in my situation is that I am a side hustler. So what my needs were, were pretty much the same as my clients. I will say uh, 65 to 75% of my clients, it aligned with their needs as well. Um, the other percentage, you know, they are full-time solopreneurs. So whereas it didn't perfectly align, it's still aligned because I have hours that are during lunch. I have hours that may fall into their, um, when they're like the end of their day, but it's still allowing them to not go out of their um their requirements or their restrictions within their boundaries. That's the word I'm looking for. Their boundaries in their business. And so let's talk about that for a little while. So within my business, my boundaries are that I have a client. My number one client would be my full-time job. That's how I look at that, right? So my full-time client has contracted with me to have me 40 hours a week, period. Right now I am salary. So I can, within my company, I can choose how I use those 40 hours as long as it aligns with what the business's needs are. Right. And so from that perspective, I have said in my mind that they get the first 40 hours, they get the 40 hours from somewhere in the vicinity of eight to five is their time that I allot for them. And then everybody else is filled in. Okay. Where I can, where I can fill them in. And so um, oftentimes what I find is people are trying to cheat the system and saying, oh, I'm going to meet with you for, you know, for three hours in the middle of the day when you're supposed to be working for somebody else. So you're double dipping on your time. And that is not something that I personally wanted to do. And I didn't want to encourage that in my clientele because I just don't feel like that's sustainable or that is anything that you should be doing. Okay. Because that will get you fired quick and easy. All right. So, um, so when I looked at creating my business hours, the first thing that I did, of course, was to block out lunch. Well, my lunch can be, is usually anytime between 1130 and one, you know, I would say 1130 and two. Okay. And that's because I can take my lunch whenever I want to. Well, I know there are some people who are not, they work in an environment that is controlled. So they can only go to lunch, say from 12 to one, or they can only go to lunch from, you know, 1130 to 12 or whatever that time period is. And so I wanted to make it 
something where if, if that was your situation that you would have a time where you can meet with me throughout the day, if you needed to. The other thing that I wanted to give people the opportunity to do is to reach out to me via email or through a chatting system. And so I've, I've recently added the option to be a VIP member. Like there's a, there's a, pricing point and you'll see it on the site, but there's a way for you to sign up to get just email access to me. So you're sending your questions or I should say chat, not email, but you're sending your questions that you have to me. It comes in. I don't necessarily check it at that the, the exact time that you send it, but within a certain amount of time, I am able to, when it's available, you know, when it's convenient for me to go in and check that system and respond to you. So it's, it's just an open way for you to respond, you know, for us to respond to one another. And so that's a special rate that you pay to have access to me in that way. That I feel is much more sustainable than me trying to have these random meetings all throughout the day when you may just have a question, right? Where you may not be able to get on a phone call and to do that. I, I, although I am not a big texter, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, subscribe to the model of doing business through DMS and texts. I had a podcast episode about that recently, but I do use it as a tool with my clients. So I have a, a hearing impaired client that, you know, having a telephone call is not convenient for her. It, it is not something that is helpful for her. It is actually more difficult. So she will send me text messages through, um, you know, our email, which is, you know, connected to the phone, yada, yada, but she'll send me a text message or an email. And then I respond to that. And that was just helpful for her, um, because of her, um, impairment. So, um, these are things that you want to consider as you are setting up your business processes. If it hadn't been for that particular client needing that resource, I would not have really thought about creating this VIP opportunity because I, I you know, I can get on a phone call right quick. I can do a Zoom call quickly. I can do those things. So to think, oh, what happens when someone isn't able to, it wasn't top of mind. But when I had somebody ask for that, uh, that functionality, I began to realize that, oh, my clients may actually need this. And it may be for someone beyond a hearing impaired person. It could be that, you know, someone who's sitting on a full-time job that they can't get on a zoom call in the middle of their day, but they are thinking about their business and that's okay with, with where they're working and they can shoot me off a text or they can shoot me off an email and, um, allow me to respond to them in the day so that they can continue doing whatever the brainstorming or mind mapping is that they're doing. Um, so these are things that, as, as they happen in your business, you're going to want to consider or consider incorporating them or can, or identify or understand why you're not, because it's not always a, because somebody asked for it, that you just add it to your, your environment. You want to be really cognizant and understand why am I doing this? What is the purpose? Is there value in this? What is the, the, the return on investment of me adding this particular process into my ecosystem. Okay. So ours for me was a huge 
shift in in uh, the norms of the online business world. Now, understand I am a service-based business, so I think that makes a difference if you're service or product-based. Product-based, you're not really having to worry about quote-unquote office hours unless people are trying to buy your product in person, right? So if you're not doing in-person events, and people want to don't want to have don't want to pay shipping how can they get your product without having to do that and so these are this is another area or i should say opportunity for you to think okay if i'm getting this this question or if if i were purchasing this product and i was in the area where the business is do i want to pay 15 dollars for shipping right or do i want to pay whatever that shipping cost is or do i want to find a way for me to pick it up or for me to get access to it in person here in the environment we actually did that with one of our clients um who did have a product and was she was doing in-person events but they were sporadic and so she was getting more and more requests for local drop-off and pickup. And she was actually driving things around to people, which number one, was it was killing her from just a time management standpoint and just always having to be doing something, using her gas, using her mileage, and she was not recouping that expense. And so one of the things that I recommended for her is to either A, find a venue that is willing to partner with her and allow her to put her products in their establishment or pick one spot and say, on this day at this time, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be at this spot from this time to this time if you would like to purchase and pick up your items. Um, getting creative in that, there's no set model, but just understanding what your clients needs are what your needs are and how do they do the two play together and then also making sure that you understand your local rules right and laws and um not only your state laws but your city and your county laws as well because there may be some limitations or some restrictions that you have to account for when um selling your products physical products um so you know Hours were, was a big thing for me as a service-based business. Again, if you are facing this, then um, really look at what do your clients need what and not necessarily just what they want, okay? Because, you know, because people were used to having hours from eight to five, a lot of people would ask for that. And I would, when, once I explained, most of the time people were fine with it or I just wasn't the person for them and that was fine. I was okay with losing business based on me not being available when they needed me to. Um, other times, if I had availability, I would make exceptions for specific clientele, um, but it was only for people who were actually willing to pay, right? It wasn't just a, can you meet at this time just because I don't want to have to adjust my schedule? Well, I have clients that you know, need me as well. And so if it's not conducive, I don't do it. All right. So, um, 
filling the gaps is another, I kind of touched on this, but there were not a lot of other coaches that were meeting in off times. A lot of coaches that you find are eight to five, Monday through Friday. And so again, if if you're a side hustler and you're working on your full-time job during, during those hours, you need time in the evenings or on the weekends. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. You know, for the average person, you want to use that time for yourself. But if you're trying to build a business, if you're, you're focused on your side hustle, which most of my clients are, then they're okay with doing things in the, on nights and weekends. And they actually are appreciative because we have made it available. Um, so don't be scared to do something that's a, a, against the norm. If it's something that your clients absolutely need. Okay. Um, and then the, the other thing is specifically about time that I want you to understand. And, and this is a big thing that I hear when I'm working with clients, um, when I'm like block, you know, what are your times? What, when do you need to be out? When, when do you do stuff with your family? Yada, yada. And we're really working on their time maps. And the biggest pushback that I get is, well, it's going to look like I'm not available. It's going I said, but you're not, <laughs> you know, you're not. So if you're not available, it's okay. First of all, your clients or the people looking at your schedule from the outside, they don't know why you're not available. It's not like there's a big, a big sign there or a big billboard there that says not available during these hours, right? It just is when they're booking the time with you, it's just not a bookable time, period. Um, and if the person really wants to work with you and they're trying to get on your calendar and there's nothing available, they're going to reach out. That has been my experience. They're going to email and say, hey, I'm really, really would like to work with you, but I'm looking at your calendar and I'm not seeing anything available for the month of, of May or um, the times that are available, um, I'm not. Is there any way that we can get a different time? And so then that opens the door to communication for me and I figure out, okay, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you're needing? And I base my decision or my availability based on not only what their needs are, but also what my schedule is. Because again, my availability is more than what is necessarily showing on my schedule. That is just the ideal time that I would like to meet. But if I have a client that needs to meet outside of that, I sometimes make exceptions. And I try not to give too many exceptions. And that's important for you to understand because when you start adding in a whole bunch of excess, except, except, mm, can't even talk, exceptions, then you're not following a process, right? Now you're going out, you're coloring outside the lines and there's no way to replicate that. So for me, I have the, the schedule that is outward facing. And then I have an internal schedule that I know if there is a need for somebody to meet with me at these times, I, you know, here are the loopholes or here are the, the various availabilities where I could quote unquote pencil them in, um, if that time is needed. Okay. So I understand that you can set your requirements, but also have some that maybe don't show to say, okay, these are times that I would like to block off for myself. But if I get a request, depending on what it is or, or how long it is, I can make an exception here. But the norm is these are my hours. Um, and then if you have um, consultant contractors or someone work assisting you um, with booking times and things like that, you just need to make sure that you are um, providing them with the rules. 
um, because what you don't want to do is have this this outward facing schedule and this inward facing and people come in and they learn about your exceptions and then they come in and try to book up your exceptions. No, there there's certain qualifications that allow for exceptions to be booked. Um, so that, that's just kind of word to the wise there, because I'm sitting here telling you all that I do have some exceptions, but the rule pretty much is it's a, it's a high bar to be able to get the exceptions is basically what I'm saying. So, um, just know that. And if you don't have room for exceptions, then just don't have them. It's okay. The point is, is that people looking at your calendar don't know how or why it's booked. They just know you're not available. They don't know if I have 30 clients that I'm working with that week. They just know that my calendar's booked. Okay. So um, just understand that. It's okay. As Instagram, you know, the Instagram meme, how are they going to know? They're not going to know. They're going to know. No, they're not. <laughs> I promise you, they're not going to know unless you tell them. Okay. Um, and so um, I just want to use that as kind of the example. I think that's the best example I can give because that's the one that I get asked about the most um, in relation to um, the, you know, time and how, how do you go about and why did you do this and all of that. Um, the other area that specifically for me that I have, put the process that I've put into my business is how I deliver content. So, um, I kind of go back and forth in that. I love the feeling and how I can assist people real time with live, um, sessions, live workshops and allowing people to get what they need in the moment. And so just charging a flat fee for, the hour you, you pay the hour, here's the time when it's going to go, we do it. And it's actually not a sales call. So that's the, <laughs> that is the going against the norm right there. So let me stop and back up a little bit. All right. So on the online, in the online space, you know, if you watch anything that's telling you how to put on webinars and make money online and yada, yada, you're going to hear, you've got to have this you know, this scheduling, sending out these notices, there's a whole schedule situation and here you're going to tease them. You're just going to tell them um, what they're doing, but you're not going to tell them how to do it. You know, look, there's all these rules and as ideal, you know, when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense and yada, yada. But I like to, I like to help people. And what I was finding is that even though I was a quote unquote, supposed to be just giving the how, I would go into the why because that's how I teach. I teach by example. And so it was very hard for me to hold back and only give you up to a certain point to force you to buy something from me. And I felt like that was a little schemey, right? So first of all, people caught on and you knew any webinar that you attended that the first you know 10 minutes was going to be a little bit of fluff telling you about the person and then the next 30 minutes 20 30 minutes was going to be uh actually just telling you what it is that you're supposed to be learning and all that and then the last 15 20 minutes was really just them selling to you like you knew that was the the way that the webinar was going to be set out and the webinars that I really really loved although I knew that this was kind of the formula that was being used is those that kind of went beyond and you actually learned something during that 30 minutes it just didn't go as deep or as far as I wanted it to go right they actually taught there was lots of value but you knew that there was going to be 
more value if you paid for the next piece. Those were the ones that really caught my eye. So when I really sat and thought about this and I was like, you know, first of all, with my schedule and the things that are going on in my world, I don't have time to tease and do all this stuff, waste people's time for an hour to just ask them to come back, spend more money and some more time. Like I, we don't have, I don't have time for that. And my clients don't have time for that. So I decided, no, we're just going to do live webinars. And what live webinars are, excuse me, and I don't know why I just called it a webinar. Live workshops are, is that you pay and you get what you pay for. Like if, if it's a time management, time mapping workshop, it's a time mapping workshop. So, you know, when you come to that workshop, you're going to leave knowing how to time map, right? How to map your time. You're going to know how to do that at the end. You're going to pay your, your money, whatever the cost of that workshop is. And you know that you're, that's what you're going to get. Like, that's what I wanted. And I said, what is stopping me from doing that? And more people are going to be willing to buy that because they know there's not any fluff. I'm not trying to upsell or resell, you know, sell them something else. I am selling what they bought which is the time mapping course or, you know, whatever the course is that I'm teaching in that moment. And it's something that mo in most cases, a client or a potential client has asked me for. And I said, okay, this is what has been asked for. If you're interested, definitely jump on because this is how we're going to do this, right? This is what we're going to cover. And then that content is then added to Organized Academy. So if you're someone that you constantly go to the workshops and you're constantly getting value, then for you, you're like, okay, I don't want to have to keep paying for these workshops individually. I just much rather have the whole kit and caboodle. So I'll pay the monthly fee because I know I'm going to get all of it. Right. And so that was how my, or how my ecosystem with the webinars in Organized Academy kind of came to play because I was just like, this is just too much. Nobody has time for this. And when they need what they need, they're going to need it. Then <laughs> they don't need it after the fact. Um, so yeah, that's how Organized Academy was developed, um, how that brainchild came about. And that way, when I get the question, I can just create a training and I can even make it on demand. So I can record it and say, okay, you asked me how to do this. Here, I've answered your question. Here, it's on demand. You can just go ahead and purchase it and you will get the training, right? I'm not there live in the moment, but I was live at some point. And so all the, the live, quote unquote, live workshops that are put on actually become on-demand workshops as well. Um, so that's how my process came about and um, why I love doing it that way because I can meet people where they are when they need it and then can meet people after the fact as well. And I don't have to be present all day, every day to respond to questions that are coming in. Like I have to be present for that hour and a half, two hours of putting on that presentation. Everything else can be done after the fact, before the fact, on a different day. It's okay. But I am getting, you are getting me for that amount of time on that day. And I can serve more, a lot more people. I can have a hundred people in the workshop and they're all getting me and they're all getting a part of me um, in that moment. And so that's a way to scale myself. And so that's how that came about. It was because of my clientele. It was because of my needs. It was because of the niche that I have. Um, so hopefully this has been helpful for you and you can understand how your niche and, and your needs and your clients' needs can help to develop the processes that you have in your business. Um, as always, if you have any questions, please put them in the comments on the show notes 
or um, if you're on Spotify, I usually pose a question about the episode and you can post your questions there. I have received some of those from you guys and I really appreciate it. Um, and then finally, if you are interested in any of our live workshops or on-demand workshops, uh, just go to dlmorales.com and look under resources. Uh, there will be information on the website for you to get access to the information that you need. All right. I will talk to you in the next episode. And until then, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. And I hope you found something that will help you in your organizing journey. If you did, consider leaving a comment or review so it will help others know the value that you received. For more information regarding this or any other episode, visit dlmorales.com. And as always, do something today to fill your happiness bucket. I'll see you next time.